Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 485. Uh, unfortunately, this past week, Shad Gaspard passed away at the age of 39. On Monday, his wife posted on Instagram that he was missing. They were at Marina Del Rey in Venice Beach, California on Sunday. And he was part of a group of swimmers that got caught in a riptide. And the way the story goes is that the last thing he told the lifeguard was to save his son before a wave uh, crashed down and Shad unfortunately went under. And they continued the search, but it was reported on Wednesday that his body had been found um, just so so unfortunate yeah totally unfortunate event um i was such a big fan of crime time i i i don't know how they weren't tag team champions in wwe yeah i I feel like they should have defeated jericho for the championships 100 percent. but i i yeah it's totally it's awful and um, our thoughts and condolences go out to all family and friends and just really your heart breaks for this, you know? Yeah. But I was, I was such a fan of them. I liked their stuff, um, with John Cena and JBL. I liked one of my favorite, like backstage moments from WWE was from SummerSlam 2007 when Vince, I, he was in a meeting with coach Teddy Long and William Regal about uh i think it was about who his illegitimate son was and crime time come in and and they're like well we know it's not us or something or maybe they suggested that it might have been them but they Mm -hmm. start going around vince in a circle saying money money yeah yeah and then everybody joins in and finally like william regal joins in and it's so funny and everyone ends up leaving and ron simmons ends up in uh in Regal's face and does the the, the damn thing, but mm-hmm. it's it's uh that was one of my favorite <laughs> crime time backstage segments. But nah. it's it, it's really it, it, this situation. It's hard to come up with with words for stuff like this. But Shad died a hero, saving his son. And I want to say thank you for the memories and and thank you for for making me smile over these years. And like you said before, our condolences to his family, his friends, and he will definitely be missed. And we're going to pay a tribute to Shad Gaspard with a 10-bell salute. This is 
marking out. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans, we marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans, we marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans, we marking out, y'all. Running like fist. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans, we marking out, y'all. We're marking out. Talk by pro wrestling fans. Welcome to Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by pro wrestling fans. This is episode 485. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And you can go check out all of our past episodes at markingout.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Radio, Google Play. Don't forget to buy a t shirt on prowrestlingtees.com slash markingout where they will be having uh, a sale for Memorial Day taking place. Currently happening. Currently happening, go buy a t-shirt. Use the call Memorial for 20% off. Oh, there you go. Make sure you go check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Go follow Brandon as you heard from him, BTTG161. Hey, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How art thou? Art thou is good. How was your week? (laughs) Uh, It was, it was, uh, well, okay. It was, it was decent. I, there's... It, when I was going to say it was good or whatever, or as good as could be, I, I, it triggered me in my head where I was watching. You see all these celebrities on the late night shows and whatever, and everyone's like, oh, how are you doing? And they're like, well, as good as can be. And it's like, no, you're famous. You have, <laughs> you have a ton of money. You're not in the same boat as us. <laughs> and it's like, I was, I love Patton Oswalt, but... He was on, I think it was Seth Meyers last night, and he and also God bless him for defending pro wrestling. But it, it, Seth Meyers asked him how he was, and he said as good as can be, and he was doing it in a movie theater room of his in his house. Oh, tough life. I'm like, tough brother, life. come on. <laughs> but outside of that, um, I, again, I've just been cooking and and trying to bake new things and experiences. Like, uh, apparently air fryer donuts is a thing where people take Pillsbury Grand Biscuits and then, like, dip them in butter and then air fry them and roll them in cinnamon sugar and put Mm -hmm. other, like, donut toppings on. Mm -hmm. I did it. I'm not a fan. My brother was a fan. It's just, eh, if I'm going to eat a donut, I want a donut. I think think to get the, the most optimal... Uh, form of an, a quote-unquote grand biscuit-style donut would to, to ultimately be frying them mm-hmm. and not air frying them. But you live and learn. I also made some homemade barbecue sauce. Boomer sooner. There you go. There you go. How did it come out? It was. Uh, it's not how I intended it for it to come out, but I still liked it. I marinated steak in it. I also mm-hmm. made a the the Chinese barbecue chicken marinade again, even though there was too much ginger, it was still good. Mm-hmm. So a lot of whisking, huh? But yeah, it's like it's what like I just want to try new and new new foods and see if I can make them. Yeah. How about yourself? How about myself? No cooking. Uh, no, no cooking. You know, just the same old shindig as last week. My goodness, I thought I was going to have to edit the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But, yeah. But let's get on to some pro wrestling talk. Monday and let's talk about some... Night. No, you're not going to say Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw? Nitro. 
which <laughs> gets opened by Charlie Caruso bringing up the greatest match in wrestling history thing again. Again, with I Edge it. and Orton. Yes, it's so cringe. I cannot stand them forcing that down my throat. And now they're using uh, the Greatest Showman song. But it's uh, <laughs> okay. Okay, I was wondering if it was some sort of uh, show tune because I wasn't. I wasn't quite sure. But is that is that a cover by Fallout Boy? No. Um, wasn't it Fallout Boy? I it? thought it was Fallout. No. Boy. Um, oh, what Panic is it? No, 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 no. Chris saw them. They're the ones that sing um, the Frozen theme. The Frozen theme song. They redid it. Panic at the Disco does. That. No, no, no. What do you mean? They do into the oh. unknown. Ah. Uh, oh, I don't remember. They were big when we were younger. When we were younger. Yeah, newfound glory. N- I think newfound no. glory. No way. No way. There's no way. <laughs> it, it's got to be. There's no way. That's. It's got to be. It's new. Newfound glory. That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that's that's who sings them, and that's who sings the Frozen one. I was under the impression that it was uh, Panic. No, uh, it's the one Patrick Stump, Fallout Boy. No, no, no. Yeah, I think it's Newfound Glory. That's uh, yeah. So weird. the greatest match of all time. I just why? What makes this match different from? Like, I feel like I'm at a Passover Seder. What makes this match different from all other matches? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but she had Randy Orton come out, and uh, Orton said that Edge was better, was the better man at WrestleMania, but he's not the better wrestler. Which mm-hmm. I feel like we heard that last week. But Edge came off, rattled off a bunch of things that, uh, that he did, that Randy Orton... Uh, didn't have to do in order for him to get to WWE. And mm-hmm. Edge is like, you don't love pro wrestling. And he accepted uh, Randy Orton's challenge. So we're going to be seeing the greatest match in wrestling history at WWE Backlash. <sighs> yeah, whatever. Up next, though, next. you had Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins backstage and Seth came to the conclusion that he had a revelation, which leads into a ring segment where Seth Rollins has seen the light thanks to Rey Mysterio, uh, which then Umberto Carrillo came out, yelled at Seth Rollins. Rollins like, I'm not dressed to compete. Murphy is. Then they have Buddy Murphy defeat Umberto Carrillo in a quick three maybe two and a half minute match, mm-hmm. which Buddy Murphy also had to face Aleister Black still later on. So I didn't really get this. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of this stuff. I didn't really get. Yeah. Mer- for, I, for me, I just have to say, I think, let me just quickly uh, with the, I mean, there was a saving grace at one point, but for the most part, this raw was not good there were parts that i did not mind though yeah no which well obviously i'll say at what point but 
But after this match, Murphy continues to attack Umberto and Alistair Black round down to make the save, which that's fine, whatever. They have the match later on in the night. Liv Morgan then proceeds to have a pre-taped promo about her mom and how her mom is her hero and how she's a lot like her. I didn't get... I didn't get that because Mother's Day was last week or two weeks ago. Last week it was, yeah, two weeks ago maybe. Yeah, I I didn't understand what she uh, was. Two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, yeah, no, I don't accept that. I don't accept it, Brandon. I have something to say to you. I don't accept it. Uh, Happy Bar Mitzvah Day for me. Happy birthday, Rosie. (laughs) Yes, happy birthday, Brandon. You are finally what fifty. Yeah, I'm finally 50. I'm a grizzled old podcaster vet. <laughs> but, but Liv Morgan also tied it into Charlotte Flair, but this was just like, I don't, I did not understand this. And then to make matters more confusing, Flair came out and challenged, randomly calls out Ruby Riot. I, this entire stuff, it was so confusing. Liv Morgan, I look, the, the tears, the waterworks. That, yeah, I like Liv. I like Liv. I just didn't understand that promo. I, I have no idea what the point of it was. Yeah. And then the match, Charlotte Flair. Every time I say Flair, like, I just want to say Ric Flair. But I every know, time but... Charlotte... No, not every time. I just said that sentence in my head. Flair defeats Ruby Riot. Yeah, but this entire and... match, they're, like, building up Ruby Riot and stuff. And it's like, yeah. Ruby Riot just lost the match to Liv Morgan, like, last two weeks ago. So what are you trying to build up with Riot? Why are you trying to convince us that she could defeat Charlotte Flair right now? It it was very, very confusing. I agree. But the next segment definitely was awesome. Yeah, I think it was... uh, Yeah, I would say it was probably my favorite uh, segment of the night. Asuka had a championship celebration where... uh, Kyrie introduced her and laid out that Asuka is a Grand Slam champion. Yeah, and I I loved Kyrie on the mic too. Like I I think that that both of them are hilarious, and it, they just work so well together. Yeah, and Kyrie ended up playing Asuka's theme on recorder. <laughs> uh, but Nia Jax came out and she called Asuka a placeholder and said a better champion will come along. And then Asuka attacked her and knocked her out of the ring. Later on, uh, Kyrie was playing Asuka's theme song on recorder again backstage. And Nia Jax attacked her from behind. And then Asuka caught up with, with her and uh, yelled at her. And then Jax went to walk away and Asuka kicked her to the ground. Yeah. So you take the good with the bad. Facts of life. Uh, but earlier they had Bobby Lashley being interviewed and MVP cut Lashley off and the interview off to, uh, say that it was kind of weird. Also, he introduced the fact that he won't be working with Lashley, but then he started using like reverse psychology to hype him up. Yeah. Now he's working with Lashley. And then they had our truth, uh, backstage, I believe cutting a promo on, or, speaking about Bobby Lashley and how he's not going to be giving up in their match. And then he moves on to Tom Brady and the WWE 24 seven championship, which is that's I'm fine. That's I'm great. No, then Bobby Lashley picks up a victory over our truth, which, um, 
part of me wonders if this was like no, I this this raw probably was taped. What makes you say that? Well, because at one point when Pretty Ricky showed up, it kind of mm-hmm. seemed like uh, like it wasn't live. Why? I just the way it, that it happened. I guess. I don't know. It seemed seemed live to me. I don't know. It just I I, I don't know. It seemed like the 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 Firefly not Firefly Funhouse mm-hmm. at uh, Money in the Bank with Bray Wyatt versus Braun. Uh, I don't know. But I, I, know. I, I enjoyed when R-Truth was able to get stuff in, but Lashley hits a full Nelson slam, then picks him up for a full Nelson. And well, I guess we would we would never know if it was taped unless they actually somebody no, said I something. Almost, I think it was like two weeks on, two weeks off. Mm-hmm. I think they like taped two weeks and then, but I'm not positive. We don't know. We're not insiders. Well, that's very possible. But MVP after the match was clapping for Bobby Lashley, so it seems like they're leading towards them working together. The, mm-hmm. the most puzzling thing of this segment was Lana backstage yelling and throwing a fit. I didn't understand why. Like, uh, why it, was she it, throwing it, a fit? I don't why know. is she throwing a fit over MVP? And why it's is she attacking they, tools like that? Maybe because she couldn't get the job done as her husband's manager. Mm-hmm. But MVP could, but still, I, whatever. Uh, matchup next for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeated the Iconics via disqualification. Um, I liked this match. Yeah, um... Peyton Royce seemed like she like snapped. Yeah, you know she kept on tossing Alexa Bliss into that turnbuckle, uh, that ring post, refusing to stop from the referee. So the I, referee called for the DQ. I guess like that's one way to continue the feud, which I fully expect to see Alexa Bliss versus Peyton Royce next week. I don't know if that's going to happen. It should. Um, but backstage, one... Billy uh, Billy was kind of yelling at Peyton and and slapped Peyton Royce. Which she immediately apologized for. And then, like, for I think for a moment, for all of us fans of the Iconics, yep. once they once she slapped her, we were like, we kind of took a gasp of like, oh, no. But thank goodness she apologized, and they cr- both cried, and they hugged each other. So I think we're okay. Yeah, I don't I think that so. they're... Yeah, I don't think they're breaking up. I but I don't, I don't know, but I hope not. After this, we had a submission match. Shayna Baszler picks up the victory over Natalia, uh, which I kind of popped for because last week I said I wanted a Lions Den match with these two. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, hey, by the way, submission match. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Which I, I don't remember. I, I guess I don't just remember uh, submission matches because I know I, I was kind of surprised at the no rope break thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's like a thing in submission matches. Hmm. But, but I, out of this, I kind of would have liked to have seen Natty break out of the Kirifuda clutch. Or I... or maybe see Shayna Baszler win with a sharpshooter to like really stick it to Natty. Okay. That, that would have been good. But the other way around wouldn't have worked for Baszler. Well, yeah, but... No, I still think it could have been because Natty's being built up as like 
well, I mean, she's the queen of hearts. She's like the last of the last mm-hmm. from the dungeon. So, yeah, uh, that's to me. If she breaks out of a submission magician's special or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But afterwards, they started to set up the the Kevin Owens show while Natty was still in the ring, and she's like, she threw a fit and started throwing everything out. Yeah. Which was interesting. I don't know if that means we're going to be seeing a heel turn for Natty or what's... I, I don't... I'm still waiting for some reason why I should watch a Natty match. I don't. I like Natty. I don't know why. Uh, but backstage, we had Almas arguing with Angel Garza and Austin Theory. And Selena Vega yelled at them, telling them that they need to be on the same page. Which leads into the Kevin Owens 3... Uh, Kevin Owens 3. The Kevin Owens show. Um, with uh, Angel Garza, Andrade, Austin Theory, and Zelina Vega. Kevin Owens at one point brings out Apollo Cruz. Cruz ends up attacking Almas right off the bat. Kevin Owens jumps in. Garza in theory though took a, a few seconds before going after Apollo Cruz. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I I agree with you. And then Kevin Owens and Apollo Crews went on to defeat Angel Garza and Andrade in the match. Um, Amas kept refusing to face Apollo Crews, which I liked because that like that whole injury I believe took place during a match with Andrade. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zelina Vega gets up on the apron. Austin Theory accidentally hits Angel Garza and Cruz hits that blue thunder bomb to win the match. And then afterwards, we're all like, oh, hell no. At least I was because Almas um, and Garza attacked Austin Theory. I. Okay. So first, I, I feel like I was on. I was like, I was so torn. I didn't know what to feel. Because on one hand, I think it's safe to say that we were all fans of the three of them together. Yeah. You know, like we, we liked Vega having a stable, but when they first initially got together, we were also like, well, I don't, when they got together, it was very, it was random due to circumstance. Yeah. But it was one of those things like, why is theory with them? Okay. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But it was still explained to us. It was explained to us that, that, Selena Vega was able to get the hottest talent from NXT. NXT, yeah, but it was still one of those things where it's just like, okay, I feel like it's a little bit forced, but we're go- we'll go with it. But now that they got rid of him, I'm like, I'm okay with it. Yeah, like it's it stinks, but I'm okay with it. Well, I'm okay with it for what happened after, but. Yeah. Um, Apollo Cruz was interviewed later on and laid out a challenge to uh, Andrade for the United States Championship uh, for a match. And Zelina Vega showed up, and basically we're going to be seeing Apollo Cruz versus Almas. Maybe Apollo Cruz is going to win his first championship in WWE. Um, maybe. Matchup next: We saw Alistair Black defeat. Buddy Murphy via disqualification because of the one of the, the better things of Monday Night Raw. Austin Theory was sat ringside still. Just like last uh, just like, just like with with Buddy Murphy. 
Buddy Murphy, yeah, just like that. Seth Rollins helps him up, and during the match, Rollins had Austin Theory attack Aleister Black, and then the two of them went on to attack Black. And and, and Austin Theory gets hugged by Seth Rollins afterwards. Um, So it's like as much as I, I hated to see that stable break up, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Because I like Buddy Murphy. I like Austin Theory. I liked the group with with Seth Rollins. I think from the start, I probably could have done without Razor and Akam. But that's what we have right now. And we have Buddy Murphy. We have Austin Theory. We have Seth Rollins. Did you think for a moment that Buddy Murphy was accepting of Austin Theory or no? What do you mean? I don't know. For some reason, when I was watching, I was tr- I was like watching Buddy Murphy's reaction, and I didn't know if he was accepting of Austin Theory, if he was jealous of Seth Rollins of uh, Austin Theory, oh. or if it was just him, his like just spiel. So I don't know how. I guess we'll have to see next week how they uh, interact with each other. But I did like his uh, attire. Uh, Buddy Murphy's. Yeah, Murphy's yeah. attire. But, yeah. Man, oh man. I'm assuming this has to be because maybe they don't want so many people backstage at a show or something. But um, what the hell are these <laughs> Street Profit and Viking Raider segments? I don't know. I think that they are just trying to elongate this feud. <sighs> Up until the pay-per-view, because a tag team means four people uh, backstage automatically, and they're trying to keep them up. That's four less people that they have to have in the vicinity. So they they had an axe-throwing competition where obviously the Viking Raiders were good at this, and obviously the Street Profits sucked. But then the Viking Raiders start cheering for the Street Profits. Montez Ford gets it. Police show up because an axe went through their window. And uh, Dawkins ends up getting it while he's face uh, away from the the axe gimmick. Mm -hmm. And the cop let them go because she was uh, attracted to Ivar. (laughs) Which, like... Which, by the way, I think she kind of sounded like Vicky Guerrero. I think when I heard that, I thought the same thing. I was, I literally, when I, when I, like, I saw the police show up and I saw them and I, like, realized that I didn't, like, recognize them. But when she started talking, I was like, wait a minute, is Vicky Guerrero there? <laughs> I had to, like, do, like, a where my, who's talking situation thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, like, next week we're going to see them back in action or if we're going to see another form of, like, We've seen basketball, we've seen axe throwing, I don't know what sort of mutual, well, I mean, the mutual competition, hello, is wrestling, so I don't know, or sports entertainment, pal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's next with the, with their feud, I just thought we would see Bianca Belair somehow involved, we have not seen her, I feel like, in weeks. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Yeah, it's but in a while. the main event, we saw Drew McIntyre, which, uh, who did I text you? saying uh drew's name like that do you remember drew 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 no oh man i forget who i i immediately texted you saying oh man 
we uh we both say Drew McIntyre the same. Um, but Vega. Oh yeah, it Vega. Might have been, yeah, it might have been Zelina Vega. I think it was Vega. But Drew McIntyre defeated King Corbin. Uh, we we got a little more explanation about the uh, the brand to brand thing, where it's now four times a year a superstar will be able to travel from brand to brand. So Flair, I think, has already used three or two of them. Corbin mm-hmm. has used two of them as well, uh, and NXT won't be involved in this. But Bobby Which Lash, is weird. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't. Just, yeah, yeah, it I, doesn't I, make I, sense. Yeah, but especially because Flair's on all three brands. <laughs> yeah. Make up your mind. But Bobby Lashley and MVP came out during this, um, and Lashley put Drew McIntyre on notice. I had higher hopes for this match. I kind of feel like not much happened. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but we will unfortunately be seeing Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the championship at Backlash. Good old backlash. Yeah. Very NXT, cool. Very cool. Moving over to NXT, they opened with a Shad Gaspard bumper, which is always a classy thing to do. They showed it again during SmackDown. Um, but the actual show itself opens with Karrion Cross defeating Liam Gray of Skulk. Uh, finally, another member being used. That's not Leon Ruff, um, which is, that's, I like Leon Ruff. I I concur. And I like Liam Gray. I like Skulk from Evolve. But uh, Karrion Cross ends this match with, would you call it a rear naked choke? Would I call it a rear naked choke? I would call it a rear naked choke. Uh, Champa came out afterwards to introduce, officially introduce himself, uh, which I know you and I both, I think, mutually liked the fact that Scarlett held the ropes open for Champa. Yeah, I thought that that was pretty different. Um, the fact that she went over to the ropes and held it over from Champa, just like inviting him in. It, it was, it was cool. And at NXT TakeOver In Your House on June the 7th, 2020, we'll be seeing Karrion Cross versus Champa, Tommaso Champa. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up was for the Inter, no, not Intercontinental, the Interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. El Hijo del Fantasma picks up the victory over Tazawa, um, which I honestly feel like we haven't seen. I feel like since we've seen Fantasma, they haven't done enough to show him off. They showed off that initial promo of him. Yeah, yeah. But that's really it, no? And, And all his matches, I feel like, have been pretty similar. Yeah, I would agree with you. They've been very similar, and they haven't been squash matches or anything. No. Um, and and does his he, opponent, yeah, Tozawa gets in a lot in this yeah, match. Does, does he fall in through the cracks? I don't think so. I think he's like, it, that. I'd be so pissed if that happened. He's too good of a talent to, to slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out. Like, if Drake's not winning this, I could see Phantasma going, taking going over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but later on they showed. Uh, well, also Phantasma's in the finals now. Um, but later on they they showed Phantasma thanking Akira Tozawa 
for the match in the parking lot. And Dark Order, black and yellow, pulled up. <laughs> attack Akira Tozawa after uh, Phantasma got into the car. And then Phantasma had to get out from the passenger side door. And Dark Order ran off. Um, It's a crazy invasion angle taking place right now. It, it might be one of those things where it's like we're cheering uh, Phantasma and... Yes, I know he was almost attacked, but or he was attacked, almost abducted, mm-hmm. but maybe he still is like the behind leader. it. Yeah, could be a way to throw off, but probably not. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this is that's a weird angle to do without a connection to a crowd. That would be pretty dope, though, if they got uh, uh, L.A. Park like finally in WWE, where he was like the mastermind of all of this. I know that yeah. was super random, but. Yeah, that was pretty random. I, I could picture L.A. Park running a, a, mm-hmm. a, a ring like this. But after that, we saw Timothy Thatcher cutting a promo, saying that he wants Matt Riddle one more time. No pins, just KOs, just submissions. And then later on, Matt Riddle responded saying, I'm down. <laughs> and he sets the match up for a cage fight. I don't know if that's a normal cage. I don't know if that's an octagon. I don't know if that's a lion's den. But a lot of people on Wednesday night were tweeting lion's den. It seems like it's going to be a lion's den. Brother, I was fine. Like, I was hoping for Baszler and Natty, but they seem like they completely moved on from each other. Mm -hmm. I would be more than ecstatic to see Timothy Thatcher versus Matt Riddle in a lion's den match. I would be okay with it. I would surely be okay with it. I mean, during a Lions Den match, there's no crowd. So no, they have they had crowds for. Did they? I, I think, feel like I feel like one of them might have been. Maybe the first one didn't have a crowd a then. Crowd. With Owen and uh, Shemrock. But next up, you had Shotzi Blackheart in like a hype video for her, uh, driving a tank and talking trash about. Um, Gonzalez and Kai. As well as Chelsea Green and Candice LeRae. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was a, a fun segment getting to see that how she went from uh, rock and roll to punk rock and being her rebellious self. Yeah, that was a cool little backstory. Uh, b- very brief and quick. Yeah. But still. Uh, match up next, rather, uh, rather quick match. Mia Yim defeats Santana Garrett, who, I don't know what, like, how can you just use Santana as, like, not? Enhancement? Yeah, like, what, what the, what's going on there? Like, come on. Well, that's what she has been. I, I understand that, but, like, I feel like she's too good to be just sitting around doing nothing. And I also understand that, like, NXT is... Only two hours, and they can only put on so much. But I feel like she should have had more shine by now in WWE. Yeah, in due time. But Johnny Gargano came out after uh, the match singing Mia Yim's theme song with uh, Candice LeRae. And uh, Candice said that Mia blew it against Flair. And she's like, I would have loved a match against Charlotte. And then Johnny and Candice went to get in the ring. And Mia attacked Johnny Gargano. Candice attacks her from behind. And uh, Johnny ends up pulling the rope down. 
to to mess with Mia Yim. Keith Lee ran out, makes a save. Johnny backs off. Um, and that, it was all a smooth transition too. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. Uh, later uh, on, Keith Lee was being interviewed and he said that he's got a new problem. Uh, not a new problem. A problem with the new Gargano. And uh, I was hoping for uh, a mixed tag. That's what I thought was going to happen. But I think we're seeing one-on-one at TakeOver. I I feel like they said intergender or mixed tag. I don't think so. No? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was the one-on-one. I thought they said mix, uh, mixed tag team, but I guess we'll see. I mean, uh, next up, you had Cameron Grimes cutting a short promo. Yeah, about defeating Finn Balor. But I have to say, he gives me some serious Heath Slater charisma vibes. I could see that. So, which is like, I feel like we have not seen that from him yet. So I'm happy this is like happening and developing on TV. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. But the matchup next, we saw Roderick Strong defeat Dexter Loomis. I thought it was going to be the other way around. Mm-hmm. But, and like I thought Loomis would like eventually make his way through all of Undisputed Era. Yeah. Well, I mean, he still came out looking strong. I mean, yeah. I mean, right, right off from the start of the match, even like Roderick Strong was nervously moving around Dexter Loomis, and Loomis was not moving. He was just stood yeah. there like. I mean, the only person I can maybe compare it to is Kane. Yeah, and then I I like the fact when Strong was celebrating, Loomis did his crawl over to Strong and then locked him in that chokehold. Yeah, he locks in the katagatame. The katagata. Katagatame. The katagata. And then then he wouldn't let it go. No, I mean, Adam Cole Cole and Fish, Fish, yeah. Like, they were kicking him, and he was just not moving. Uh, Velveteen Dream came out to... I guess make a save, but yeah, I, I mean he could have just chilled there for a while longer. But Velveteen Dream made made a save, hit a sick elbow drop to uh, Cole on the outside, um, and then you had Loomis just petting, stroking uh, a passed out Roddy. Head. Yeah, huh? that was weird. A passed out Roddy, I said. Yeah, just playing with his hair. Uh, match up next. Yeah, so overall great segment. Matchup next, we saw Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch defeat Ever Rise. Uh, very hard hitting match, very quick match. Uh, Lorcan wins via submission, and Danny Burch had a submission locked in as well. Um, mm-hmm. I was expecting a tag team to interrupt afterwards, but afterwards, uh, Burch and Lorcan did the Imperium taunt. So I'm thinking yeah. we're going to be seeing that for at, at, at NXT TakeOver in your house for the titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, after this, we saw Drake Maverick being interviewed about having to win in order to stay alive in the tournament. And he did just that. He picks up, I guess, a huge upset against Kushida. Yeah, the entire... I mean, there was a part where he almost... Uh, well, at the beginning, I... Before I get to the end, I like the part where it was an Irish whip, uh, high, Irish whip, drop down, drop kick, uh, where Kushida hit him with the drop kick when Maverick did the drop down. I thought that looked oh, yeah. really cool. Um, did but, you like Jake Atlas coming out and being like a? I don't understand. I, yeah, I don't know what's why. going on. Yeah, I mean, 
the same thing happened backstage a few weeks ago where Atlas was there consoling Maverick. Yeah. Um, I don't but understand I, why. I like Maverick escaping the the hoverboard, the the Sakuraba lock more yeah, than I, more than once. Mm-hmm. And then I thought Maverick that was went good. that top rope move, and Kushida locked in the the cross arm breaker. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, that's it. So long, Maverick. Thanks for the memories. Yeah, Maverick rolls him up, picks up the victory, and now so Maverick are, is tied with Jake Atlas. He's tied with Kushida. They're all two and one. And are, are, are we going to ignore his shoulder being up? I don't recall seeing his shoulder being up. I thought that it popped up a little bit. I don't. But recall seeing that. I'm not going to nitpick. Yeah, but <laughs> but, yeah, really. but um, Saxon announced that all three of them are going to be facing each other next week um, to see who will be going on to advance to the finals. Um, safe to say, uh, I honestly, it's like so weird. Like I want so much for Kushida, Kushida, but I feel like it has to be Maverick the way things are unfolding. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Maverick, how does Maverick not get a job again after this? This like, that just doesn't make sense. I don't know what, where that's going to lead to, but, um, Akira Tozawa and, and El Hijo del Fantasma were also tied at 2-1 to one in their group. But apparently because Fantasma defeated Tozawa already, he advanced in the tournament. I guess that's how real Yeah, it's like a round, round. Yeah, it's I like was, a round robin kind of I was of a confused. Deal. I had some people explain it to me. I wish they did more to explain it to, to uh, people uh, like me who had no idea about the said rule. Yeah, I was confused too because I didn't understand why, but then it made sense and I was just like, oh, okay, everybody has a victory over each other. Yeah, so we're going to be seeing Phantasma versus either uh, Jake Atlas, Kushida, or Drake Maverick. And I'm assuming either Drake Maverick wins the championship or Phantasma wins it. Yeah. Um, Next up you had, uh, well, we said that already. Next up you had Priest. Cutting a promo yeah. on Finn Balor and ends up challenging Balor to a match at NXT TakeOver. So I have to assume we're going to see that match. Should be good. TakeOver's uh, definitely shaping up to be a good card because the final match of the evening saw Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai end in a no contest. Um Before we talk about the, the ending, I thought this was a really good match. It was another hard-hitting match. I like mm-hmm. EO uh, reversing, I forget what Rhea Ripley was doing, but she reversed her uh, arm thing into a, a crossface, and it was like such a smooth transition. But Charlotte came out during this, which uh, Ripley and EO continued to fight outside, and Ripley went and tossed EO back into, uh, she, she tossed EO into the ring, and EO did uh, the 619 into a tilt-a-whirl Hurricane Rana, Sending Ripley into Charlotte Flair. And mm-hmm. then Flair attacked both of them, causing that no contest and just stood over them. So we're going to be seeing a triple threat at NXT TakeOver. Uh, we, we called it. Yeah. You know, we, we said, it, honestly, a triple threat is the only possible option when you have all three of these wrestlers, especially with the interactions that they've been having for so long now. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Especially last week when I think it was last week where Ripley made her return. 
was it last week or the week before? Either but, or. Yeah, where she made a return, and you're like, oh, okay, this is going to take place into a triple threat. But let's move on from Monday Night Raw. Speak about some... Uh, uh, we were on NXT, brother. We were talking about NXT. Yeah, let's so that move on means... to SmackDown. <laughs> we're going to talk about some Smack It Down. Which WWE opens with... Uh, I, I, I don't know. They're not, like, famously known, but I would say they should be. They're uh, video packages for non-wrestling-related uh, things are always excellent. They had one for Memorial Day, which takes place on Monday. It's mm-hmm. Memorial Day weekend this weekend. Uh, so thank you to everybody who has served. Yes, thank you. Uh, but the actual show opens up with the dirt sheep where Miz and Morrison kind of trash Otis and Braun. And then they parodied Firefly Funhouse with, uh, with parody puppets of like poop and fart humor. Yeah. Uh, but Braun cuts it off. Thanks them for having him on, and they're like, "We, we, you weren't supposed to be here." And Braun's like, "Well, I'm here. Ask me about Bray Wyatt," which I thought then led to a nice tie-in because Miz was also somebody who faced the new Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. But John Morrison ends up hyping up Miz against Braun Strowman, and Braun's like, "You know what? Challenge accepted." Miz's like, "What? What are you, what are you doing?" Uh, and then we saw Braun Strowman defeat Miz. Which John Morrison during the match hit a great kick off the barricade to Braun Strowman behind the referee's back. It's not anything like Ray Phoenix's kick from last week, but <laughs> yeah, that that no, <laughs> but it was still good. But Miz ends up raking Braun Strowman's eyes to get out of the first uh, power slam attempt, but he eventually gets hit with one, and then John Morrison challenged Braun Strowman to a two-on-one handicap match. For the Universal Championship at Backlash, which uh, I think later on they might have uh, had made it made it official. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be seeing a handicap match for the the championship at Backlash. Um, I know we've seen it before. I like yeah. I liked in the interview later on. Miz and Morrison uh, pointed out how. Braun Strowman's not so great in handicap matches. He lost the Intercontinental Championship to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, match that took place after that was AJ Styles defeating Shinsuke Nakamura to advance, advanced to advance in the Intercontinental Championship title tournament. Uh, they announced AJ Styles is now officially traded to SmackDown for someone to be announced later on, which is annoying, yeah. but I'm happy you that AJ sure. Styles is on SmackDown. Very weird uh, trade. Yeah. I don't understand it. But I, I liked, uh, at one point, Nakamura had AJ locked in that triangle choke, and AJ picks him up and landed like a half Styles clash, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Yeah, um, it was a modified Styles class, and I'm a clash, and I'm happy that that wasn't the end of the match. Yeah, it it uh, the, it finally ended with the phenomenal forearm. Mm-hmm. Uh, backstage, you had Boston hug, connection, and uh, Sasha's was about to say like, "I have a great idea for the match tonight," and Bailey's like, "You know what, bro? I don't need you in my corner tonight." And it's like, uh oh, and yeah, I mean. 
it was totally unnecessary, but also she's... no, go on. Mm-hmm. No, 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 go for it. I go was going to change topics and bring up leading into the, the next segment, the, the same segment, but still uh, related to Monday night raw. They announced mm-hmm. Charlotte flair versus Natalia versus Nia Jax for the number one contender match for Monday night raw. First of all, why is the NXT Women's Champion getting a number one contender match for the Raw Championship? Even though I guess she is officially a part of the Raw roster. Uh, But still. Paige got screwed. Like that, she had to give up the title when she won the, the Divas Championship. So things have changed. But also... Why is Natalia getting a title shot when she lost two weeks in a row? I believe it was two weeks in a row. Literally taps out to Shayna Baszler on Monday Night Raw. How is Baszler not in the match? Um, yeah, I got nothing. It really doesn't make any sense. I, I think it's most likely going to be Nia Jax that somehow comes out as the victor there. Um, but... Every single time Nia Jax has faced Asuka, she's lost. So hopefully that streak keeps going. Yeah. Uh, but the matchup next on SmackDown, we saw Bailey defeating Charlotte Flair, which I thought I was surprised that this wasn't the main event. I, I um, liked I liked all of this match. I liked when Bailey, yeah. towards the beginning of the match, she uh, she went and and put her feet on the rope to pin, and Drake caught her and she's like i was testing you i was testing you i thought that was cool and yeah I, and i like the end of the match i like that bailey picked up the victory using the ropes yeah but uh i i shouldn't have said i liked everything because at one point it got a little goofy mm-hmm. um because they were brawling outside of the ring uh flair ends up grabbing michael cole's headset and challenge uh, Sasha Banks to come out, but she gets back. At, she she has Bailey tossed over the barricade. The referee is at a nine count. Flair is in the ring taunting. She's in the middle of a taunt, so there's absolutely no way that after that commercial break that this match was still going. There's mm-hmm. no way Bailey was able to get over the barricade or that Flair was able to roll out of the ring. She was in the middle of the ring, taunting. Yeah. Drake was basically at a nine and a half by the time commercial break happened. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. That was super bizarre. But yeah, Bailey ends up holding the ropes with the O'Connor roll to to win. So Pick up the big W. And then backstage, Sasha Banks celebrated with Bailey, where I thought for sure we were going to be seeing some sort of more-ness. Not a real word, but I thought we were going to be seeing more from that. I thought during the match when they showed uh, Sasha watching it, I thought maybe we were going to see Tamina walk up and be like, hey, sis, like, what, what's going on? She's not letting you do anything. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen. Uh, yeah. Match up next, we saw Dolph Ziggler and Sonya DeVille. DeVille? DeVille. <laughs> DeVille. Defeat Otis and Mandy Rose. I would have liked a promo from Sonya before the match. Sonya's been killing the promos. Yeah, but no promo tonight. No. Her entry, her her attire is reminded me a lot of Matt uh, Hardy. Huh? Matt Hardy? 
No, I was going to say Perazzo. I don't see it. With the jacket. No, that jacket's straight up Matt Hardy-esque. I'll have to look at Matt Hardy Perazzo's now. jacket is, is open. Hers is... Oh, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But gotcha. uh, Mandy Rose, speaking of attires, coming out, rocking some blue collar solid. I can't do that. That's not... <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, take it. Um, there you go. Which it's it's. Uh, I have to say, watching Mandy and Sonya wrestling each other here, or sports entertaining each other. <laughs> <laughs> also, how are they billing that as the greatest wrestling match of all time? If they don't, if they're not allowed to use the word wrestling. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But in regards to this match, though, I think it's really cool that we've seen Mandy and Sonya develop into really good workers. Yeah. From tough uh, enough to, to now. I, it's really cool. For a long time, we were saying, uh, I think it was like, uh, I think Sonya, no, I think Mandy looked better than Sonya. And then Sonya looked better than Mandy. Then they both looked better than everybody else on the roster. You know, I think that the way that they've been performing over the past few years has been amazing. Yeah, but uh, the end came about when Otis and Dolph Ziggler were brawling outside of the ring. Uh, Sonya hits what I, I mean. Shining Wizard. Kinshasa, Shining Wizard, uh, to the back of Mandy Rose's head. And then after the match, Otis went to check on Mandy and got hit with a super kick. Super kick. Yeah, knocked him out. Um, yeah. After, next up, you had a yeah. Next up, you had a promo backstage from the Forgotten Sons. I want to see them in the ring. I don't. I'm like, I don't need to see more promos. Mm-hmm. I feel like promos are just gonna push them to the side. Um, I wouldn't say to the side. I think so. They're yeah. they're not being used in any capacity where people are seeing them wrestle. They're just gonna be like. Who? Not everybody watches promos. Well, they they wrestled last week. Was it last week or two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, which, in regards to promos, this next match, mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy picks up the victory over Sheamus to advance in the the Intercontinental Championship tournament. But since Sheamus returned, he's to me fallen to the side. Mm-hmm. It sucks because he's awesome, but when he came back, they did promo after promo after promo, and I'm like, this I don't, this doesn't make sense. Why is he coming after small guys? It, it just like there was no payoff. Yeah. Why, why is he going after Chad Gable? It, it made no sense. And, and then they had him hype up uh, an elimination chamber match that didn't even happen. <laughs> A lot of confusions taking place. But, like, I, I enjoyed their match. I just, I wanted more from it, and I enjoyed the women's match way more. I think that should have been the main event. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that should have made the main event. And for me, my favorite match was Otis and Ziggler. Mm-hmm. I think that, that tag team match was my favorite match. But but we have Jeff Hardy versus Daniel Bryan next in the tournament next week, and we have Elias versus AJ Styles. Very, I, I don't know which way they're going to go with this tournament because it's like I can see Jeff Hardy winning the Intercontinental Championship, where if he does, he'll be tying the record at five with Triple H, Bad News Barrett, and 
I forget the third person. Um, but I could see Jeff Hardy winning, but I also see Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles happening. Daniel Bryan. Did you say him? Daniel Bryan was the fifth? Daniel Bryan, yeah. Are he you advanced. Sure? No. Yeah, that's he not defeated. at all what I was saying. I thought you were talking about the bracket. Hmm. I was, but I was saying that Jeff Hardy, if he wins the the Intercontinental Championship as like overall. Oh, gotcha. He's tying Triple H, Bad News Barrett, and the 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 third person was was Edge with five reigns. Mm-hmm. Then then it goes up to the sixth range. Then I think it goes to eight and then nine. Jericho's at nine, Miz is at eight, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But yeah, and I don't know where we're if like I could I don't know if Jeff's going to be winning the whole t- tournament or if we're going to be seeing AJ or Daniel Bryan win the tournament. I don't yeah. see Elias winning it. Um no, I don't see Elias winning it as well. Yeah. But yeah, moving over so. to AEW, uh Inner Circle pulls up in a limousine and Chris Jericho hinted at attacking the Elite during the night. But Mr. Brody Lee ends up cutting a promo to uh, officially open the show, I guess. And uh, he yelled at 10. But it's nice, I have to say, nice to see John Silver and Alex Reynolds back. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I believe Stu and Evil Uno are stuck in Canada. Who are the other people under the mask? I, that's not, don't ask me that. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know who 10 is. Okay, like we we don't know who these other people are, right? I don't believe so. Just like who okay. the hell was Doink? Who was Doink? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Brody Lee sends Ten to the ring to injure Moxley, which, bro, come on. Moxley defeats Ten. The fact that this match didn't end in uh, like less than a minute or even a minute was ridiculous to me. Like, who's 10 that he's going up against the, the AEW champion? Moxley was, like, dripping with sweat as if he did so much work in this match. How is he supposed to face Brody Lee at the, at the pay-per-view for the championship? Who knows? Like, how did 10 put on such a clinic? That made no sense. Yeah, it, it was but weird. Moxley, Moxley grabs a chair afterwards, puts 10's arm in the chair. Gave Brody Lee a 10 count to come out or he's going to break 10's arm. And Brody Lee appears and he goes, eh. And leaves. Yeah. So Moxley Moxley proceeds to break his arm? I don't know. Match up next, we saw MJF defeat Marco Stunt. Wardlow uh, choking Marco behind the referee's back. Um, And it's like... Filler? Yeah, but as weird as this was, it was like a weird David versus Goliath match. And they're both <laughs> like, they're bo- I, I the internet says MJF is six foot, but I could swear no, to God I was foot. taller than MJF. Yeah, he's I'm not at six five foot. nine. But yeah. uh, MJF's M- maybe five nine, five ten. Well, if, I, I think I was taller than MJF, but who knows? Could be. Uh, MJF ends up punching Marco in the face. Uh, with his ring after the match. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy Jack Perry ran down to uh, chase them away. But why weren't they ringside? 
if they knew Wardlow was going to be there, they saw Wardlow cheating. Stuff like that just doesn't make sense, which leads me to the next, the biggest what the what segment. Mm Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people were like, man, this is such a good segment. Jake Roberts is killing it. Arn Anderson killing it. Imagine that. 2020, it's amazing. Jake Who cares? Roberts and Arn Anderson had a sit-down face-to-face to sell the TNT Championship tournament match for double or nothing between Lance Archer and Cody. Who cares about Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts this day and age. It was though. as if Jake Roberts and Arn Anderson were going to be wrestling at the pay-per-view. Yeah, I Jake, didn't understand it. Jake flips the table and I think challenges Arn Anderson to a match. And they look like they're going to like square up. But the referees came out and uh, got in between them. I don't know how this sells a pay-per-view. Who are the people tuning in to see at the pay-per-view? Cody and, and Lance Archer? Or are they tuning in to see Jake Roberts versus Arn Anderson? Yeah. I mean, you have the AEW uh, loyal, so it's not going to make a difference. They'll also, in. in what world? Now, you know what? I'll save that. All right. Next After up, that, had... we had a, a, a video package with Darby Allen where he was playing cards, and the people he was playing cards with were masked of uh we're wearing masks of the people in the casino ladder match but he burns a card which is weird because it wouldn't be weird but for the next segment Pac for the for the first time in a long time had a promo as well yeah it's been a while yeah threatening orange cassidy via ray phoenix which i'm so happy he's back on tv it was it was a great promo but he also lit a card on fire. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. I don't know if that like maybe signifies that he might be somehow in America. Maybe he'll mm-hmm. be the, the, the ninth man or whatever it is, the eighth man in that casino battle royal. Not battle royal. Ladder match. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But the match that took place was Phoenix defeating Orange Cassidy, where I enjoyed, shockingly... Most of the match, because we don't normally see Orange Cassidy wrestle. This was a completely different side of Orange Cassidy. Um, my my main gripe, I guess, here was when Phoenix he went for a slingshot power bomb. Orange Cassidy reverses it with a sunset flip. The referee clearly stops counting after two. Yeah, and I I couldn't get into this match i i don't know i'm not i'm not built for this orange cassidy phase dude it was it wasn't the same orange cassidy though you have to at least agree with that it, yeah, he I, was I, working he was wrestling yeah i agree with that he and was also wrestling. phoenix is a god god i was gonna yeah he's a god yeah he, he did that running leg springboard leg drop into the ring that was just like perfect it was beautiful but then also we have the part part where Kip Sabian comes out with a ladder, sets it up, sits on the top and distracts the goddamn referee. The mm-hmm. referee pays attention to somebody who's not in the match again. That happened last week in the same 
with Orange Cassidy in an Orange Cassidy match. Last week it was Orange Cassidy getting attacked that the referee cared about. Yeah. But Phoenix hits a low blow. SCU come out. They tip the ladder. Havoc jumps into the mix. Cabana eventually gets involved. Best friends. I, I don't understand the referee turning their attention away from the match. Focus on the match. That You're there for that. You're there for the match. Mm-hmm. Don't care about Kip Sabian unless he gets involved. Yeah. Once again, the referees are not doing that great of a job. Don't care about Ray Phoenix kicking, throwing one of the best kicks that we'll ever see, Orange Cassidy in the head, when they're not in the match. Well, talking about not caring, the next match, Nyla Rose picked up the victory. Oh, also, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I think think Phoenix might have gotten injured during that match. He hit this incredible dive to the outside, and literally nobody caught him. Yeah, I don't really understand that one. But, yeah, talking about not caring, next up, Nyla Rose and I think Britt Baker defeated yeah. uh, Statlander and Hikaru Shida. What's her last name? Kushida? It's Hikaru Shida. Yeah. Shida, so not Kushida, Shida. Which, uh, before the match even began, Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose fought over Hikaru Shida's kendo stick, uh, which Britt Baker gets hit with. Um, and also, as much as I want to see Hikaru Shida as champion, I wish, which is still like, I, I it's like a double-edged sword here because AEW does not have a division fit for women's tag team championships. But I kind of want to see, I I've really enjoyed seeing Chris Statlander and, and Hikaru Shida team up every time that they've teamed. So I got to say, I, I didn't care for the match. I think that there is way too much noise. Uh, the yelling back and forth, the grunting, the, I don't care for it. It made me change the channel so quickly. Um, so, I have no, I have no desire to, Huh? At one point during the match, uh, Sheeta and Statlander did a double team move to Nyla Rose and dumped her onto Britt Baker. And then we saw Britt Baker getting, she's holding her knee. And the match continued. And later on, she, she was getting her knee checked out during the match. Which yeah. she's out of the pay per view now. Mm hmm. So I don't know if she's like injured or what, but after the match, Nyla Rose took out a table, went to put a car Shida through it. Statlander stopped it, and they were able to Hikaru uh, Shida superplexed her through the table. Yeah. After this, we saw Sean Spears news, which uh, he was mocking Dustin Rhodes for being retired, and he also brought up the fact that he should have a pay per view match. So he then challenged the quote unquote retired. Dustin Rhodes to a match um, which then they randomly book it without Dustin even like responding mm-hmm. the segment itself I thought was bad but I liked how it was shot and I thought it had potential I don't know I, w- I wasn't entertained by it once he appeared on the screen I didn't care I, I just thought the way they shot it I thought was good but um, after this, the main event, we saw Matt Hardy defeat Sammy Guevara. Sammy, uh, I think one of the nastiest things I've ever seen in wrestling. <laughs> he, 
Matt took Sammy Guevara's shoe off and bit his foot via his sock, which, I mean, it's not that gross because Mick Foley used to do the socko gimmick, but still gross, and I, I don't think I could ever picture myself in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. But Matt hits the twist of fate to win the match, and afterwards, Matt grabs a chair. The inner circle appeared on uh, on the, 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 the Tron, the screen, with Kenny Omega kind of tied up uh, on the, the goalpost. Um, Young Bucks show up, finally. Took out uh, Ortiz and Santana and Hager. Matt Hardy joins in. They all brawl. And finally, galloping down the the football field. What is, how was it, 100 yards, basically? Yeah, it reminded me, you've never seen it, but there's a scene in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, where they pause it, it gets closer and closer. Yeah, where you've they're... You've never just, seen it. Yeah, where they're storming the, uh, the fort, <laughs> and the it's just like, they're running towards it, and it doesn't look like they're progressing at all. And then... <sighs> I don't know right where you. I don't know where he came from. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, it was very impressive. He ran a hundred yards and was still like there. Well, I mean, for he could have ran fifty. I mean, I don't know, man. That didn't look he... like anything goofy was going on with the camera. Well, no, I mean, like he could have cut across the fifty-yard line and then booked it down. I feel like we would have. I feel like it would have been. He would have been know. much closer if, if he was at the 50-yard line. But Who knows? But, but yeah, they all yeah. brawl. The inner circle retreats, and that sets up the, the I'm assuming, the main event. But it's like, how did the AEW championship go from main eventing to opening the show? Mm-hmm. Where all they now care about is the elite. And the inner circle, of course. Chris Jericho is still at the top, but the title's not. But what are you going to do? Nah. Uh, but there is a pay-per-view double or nothing taking place at Daly's Place and TIAA Bank Field. Um, matches we got going on. On the pre-show, Private Party will be taking on Best Friends to determine who the number one contenders for the AEW Tag Team Championships are, which to me doesn't make sense because I thought the Young Bucks were were number one contenders, but I guess because they were out so long, um, mm-hmm. they're no longer. But and also Trent and and Chuck Taylor are num- ranked number one, so I don't know how Private Party randomly gets a, a title shot like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go with Best Friends here. I'll go with best friends too. Uh, singles match. We have uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Probably Dustin Rhodes. I'll go with uh, Dustin Rhodes. We were supposed to see Chris Statlander versus Britt Baker. Britt Baker's out of the match, replaced by Penelope Ford. I'm going to say Chris Statlander. Um, who's in it? Uh, Statlander and Penelope Ford. I'll go with Statlander. I think we might might uh, across the board say the same things. MJF def- uh, defeats MJF versus Jungle Boy. MJF has been undefeated in 2020. I'll go MJF. I think that would be the smartest decision. Um, for the uh, future AEW World Championship match, the Casino Ladder match, we have Darby Allen 
versus Cole Cabana versus Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix versus Scorpio Sky versus Kip Sabian versus Frankie Kazarian versus Luchasaurus versus Sting. I don't know, versus Drew Gulak. I don't know. That's what the internet's trying to tell me. Um, maybe, I, I don't know. Out of any of them, I don't see any Joey, of them. Joey Janela's friend? Uh, yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah. I don't, I can't see any of them having a title match. Scorpio Sky had one. Um, I'm going to say the TBA. <laughs> Hmm. I'm going to say that if it's not Luchasaurus, then I'm going to say it's TBA. Unless Darby Allen does it, but mm-hmm. they've definitely been building him up. Um, ooh, Who's in it again? Darby, Colt, Orange Cassidy, Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and TBA. Nah, I'll go with uh, Orange Cassidy. There has to be a reason why... TBA is not announced. Yeah. Um, for the, in a no disqualification, no countout match, AEW Women's Championship on the line, Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida. I'm going to say Hikaru Shida. I don't really think that's going to happen, but I'm going to say Hikaru Shida, and I want that to happen because I want to see her as champion. I, I wish she was in WWE now that I've been mm-hmm. exposed to her. Yeah, I'll follow suit with uh, Sheeta. For the AEW Championship, even though Brody Lee holds the title, John Moxley is defending the championship against Brody Lee. I'm going to say John Moxley retains. Of course, I want to see Brody Lee as the champion, but that just uh, to get it passed around like that wouldn't make sense to me. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So you're going with Mox? Yeah, I'll go with Mox. TNT Championship on the line. Cody versus Lance Archer. I really hope to God it's Lance Archer. I'm going to say Lance Archer. I'm going to go with uh, Cody. I think a lot of people are saying Cody here. I know Allison Bree somehow got contacted and she's she did a, a, a video for them. Uh, stadium Stampede match. The Elite consisting of Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson and Matt Hardy will be facing off against the Inner Circle. It's I'm hard gonna... to say the Inner Circle will be winning this. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, not the Inner Circle. The Elite. Yeah, Elite. Although, then there's like a whole thing where maybe they break up. Who knows? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Omega and Page are the tag team champions, so... I don't know. Yeah. So that is double or nothing. Hey, Brandon. Got any shout outs? This is Taron Sheik. And you watch her. You listen to the Brandon shout outs. There is a show on ABC called Stump Town. It came out in September and I had it sitting on my DVR. I thought about deleting it uh, many a times. But I finally watched the season, and I, I really enjoyed the show, and I'm happy I didn't delete it. Uh, Kobe Smulders from How I Met Your Mother and, and the Marvel Universe plays a P.I., and Jake Johnson from New Girl is on it. He plays a bar owner, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a really good show, and I I can't believe it took me this long to watch it, and I hope there's going to be a second season. Hmm. Um. 
Fred Willard is getting the second shout out. He unfortunately passed away last week at the age of 86. Uh, He was another comedic genius who had so many memorable roles, like in uh, Best in Show. Most recently, he was Phil Dumphy's father, Frank, in uh, Modern Family. Um, And he's also going to be in the upcoming Netflix show, uh, Space Force, that I spoke about somewhat recently. So, yeah. And uh, the last shout-out goes to Owen Hart. Saturday marks 21 years since uh, he unfortunately passed away. I still continue to dub May as Owen Hart Memorial Month, which we've discussed. And uh, I just, I really miss Owen. They did the, yeah. the the dark side of the ring they aired this week was on Owen Hart and the whole tragedy, the the whole yeah. event, totally awful. Uh, everything, I mean, you you, hear, you watch the documentary and everything like that, and it could have easily been uh, avoided. And what's even crazier that like they didn't mention it, but I think, um. Was it Max Mini was supposed to be attached to him? And at mm-hmm. the last minute, they changed it? Yeah, then there's a rumor that Max Mini was underneath the ring the entire time. Did you see that? No, but I, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I saw it. And then it's crazy that Jimmy Corderas got scraped by him. You know? Yeah. If, like, it's just crazy. It's so much crazy and everything. Uh, just totally awful, and but they do on pro wrestling tees. They do have uh, a whole line of dark side of the ring merchandise, which uh, includes for the first time in years Owen Hart t-shirts, and the proceeds from that is going to be going to the Owen Hart Foundation. Which no. uh, I wish the t-shirts didn't say dark side of the ring. I'm totally with you. I wish it didn't say that on there. It should. I think the focus should be strictly on Owen Hart. Yeah, and not Dark Side of the Ring. And I think I think um, the shirt with Owen on it might have been a painting that Oge did. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. If I if I have that guess correctly. Hmm. But uh, those are my shout outs. Now it's time for. Our Our Mark Out Moment of the Week. That is right. Our Mark Out Moment of the Week. Um, Honestly, I have just one. Mm-hmm. Surprising. Chavo Guerrero Jr. was on the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, and uh, they brought up the infamous WrestleMania 20 series of figures between the b- between Matt and Brian. Mm-hmm. And Chavo was in the series, but it got Chavo to talk about WrestleMania 20 and that the cruiserweight uh, match that they had in Madison Square Garden. So I obviously marked for that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's really it was a good interview. I really enjoy. I've said this before that I really enjoy the, their interviews that they do. Yeah, everyone should go check it out. Yeah. Do you have a mark out moment or no? Nah, nothing on my end. Sega's home. 
All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. That is it. We are done for this episode. But thank you very much for listening. We appreciate your support. Make sure you check out Mark and ProWrestlingTees.com, Facebook, Twitch, Twitch, whatever, Twitch. Twitter. Brother, what? I don't know. Twitter. <laughs> uh, Instagram.com oh. slash BTDG161. Yeah. Go hit up all of that stuff. YouTube. Also, Chris was on the uh, the Friend Beers podcast this week, so check that out. There you go. And we wish you the... the- Best of luck in your future endeavors. endeavors.